what I've heard and thought about is, you know, don't believe nothing of what you hear and only believe half of what you see. That's your responsibility. Your responsibility as a human is not to just take everything that I say or anything that that TV says to you or anything that the radio says or your mum and dad, like it's your it's your right to be able to get out there and do the research for yourself because, you know, you don't have to believe everything that someone else tells you. You don't have to, and your dog has to have someone who's going to truly lead them. You know, just because someone says, oh, you don't have to walk your dog every day. Did you know that? And you're like, I was waiting for that answer. Yeah. That was awesome. That's confirmation bias, isn't yeah. it? As soon as you hear something that, or let's say you'd been thinking about that and, and somehow you read that somewhere, then instantly you're like, ha, I'm validated. Exactly. Even yeah. though it could be complete horseshit. Yeah. Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts, and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live, and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host, Panos Anagnostu. And I'm your co-host, Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. All right. We're back. We're back again. Cheers, bro. Cheers, my brother. Um... Cheers to you all. Yeah, another coronavirus lockdown podcast, mm. um, but we're about two arms lengths away. So At least. <laughs> we're, we're in we're social good. distancing. Got the dogs here today. Yep. It's good to be back in the studio. It was fun doing it online o- over the air, but- mm, It is know. very different though. Like we were saying, um, when we recorded with Glenn, um, there are some, there's there's no um, physical cues because yeah. you're, not, you're not in the room. So, it is a bit harder to- Sort of, um, and if we rely on cues so much, and you know, since we talk about dog training advice on our on our podcast, then think about what your body language does with your with your animal. Yeah, you know, we use our voice a lot, but body language gives us cue of when to talk, who's talking about what. You know, we can pick up on these smaller we call them micro gestures, and our dogs are picking up on those things too. So a lesson from that, if we can tie it all around in regards to dogs, is that if it's hard for us to fully communicate as effectively over the air just by seeing the screen compared to seeing you in the flesh, there, there is there is a much big difference. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. So and today we're doing? Responsibility, our ability to respond. I like that. Is our topic yeah. for today. Yeah. Even yeah. though that's not what responsibility necessarily means, but I like to play on words. Yeah. Well, look, it, um, responsibility can have many different levels, right? Yeah. Obviously, how we see responsibility as what your responsibility is, is the duties that I have to do. Which kind of, in a way, it's well. Are you are you responding to your to the ability of what you can do in that situation? So it does have a play on words, and I like to think of it in two ways: short term and long term. And we do have short term, long term responsibilities. If we'll start with long term, and that's what we generally think about as responsibilities. That if you own a dog, your responsibility is to care for it, look after his or her medical needs, making sure that they're happy, healthy, um, they're social. You know, you have to exercise them every day and, you know, there's these responsibilities that we have. But then you have like a short-term responsibility in terms of your ability to respond in particular is that if you're out and about and you know your dog has certain tendencies to lunge and react, whether aggressively or playfully, but still be a nuisance to somebody else, your ability to respond in that moment is – to first of all know that your dog does it because it's done it 50,000 times before. Yeah. So don't be surprised at it or act surprised when it happens. And also it's that you should be knowing 
how should you manage that interaction there and then in the short term? We're talking seconds. So the dog's approaching, I'm standing at the lights and your dog's staring at the other dog and the ears are pointed forward, the tail's raising up, the dog stood up. You know if you know anything about your dog and understanding the patterns is that the dog's about to do something undesirable. Yeah. So your responsibility in that moment, if I'm walking past you, is that you should have your dog under control and I shouldn't have to be um, affected by your lack of responsibility. So your ability to respond there is that, oh, the dog's coming, maybe I should turn around and make some space. That's the minimum. If you're doing any training, you tell you reinforce the fact that the dog needs to stay sitting if you've told them to sit and not to lunge. Yeah. Or it's to make sure you have responsibility of making sure you have the right tools on your dog so that the lead doesn't snap or that you not don't have a flexi lead that's not locked in or a collar that can slip off the dog's head and then jumps and attacks the dog. And those are two examples of long and short-term responsibilities. Mm. So um, most people don't have the the ability to even respond generally because – I don't know, is it ignorance? Can it be the fact that they're lazy? Can it be the fact that they are just purely uneducated or ill-experienced? Or a so, combination of all of that? All of them, you know, mm. and I understand if it's lack of education, you haven't had a dog before, it's your friend's dog, you're doing him a favour, and in that particular situation, the dog lunges at the other dog, you're like, whoa, I didn't know that was going to happen. So, shit happened, fair enough. But if you're the person that makes it happen every single time, well, then that's... A poor, that's yeah. an example of poor responsibility. Poor dog ownership, isn't it? Well, yeah, like, and we can go across the board with anything is that if you keep doing the same behaviors, expecting different results, that is the definition of insanity, insanity right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's your responsibility to take care of yourself, to, to be able to predict that things are going to happen so you can set it up, you know? So sometimes there's, there's, um, influences from yourself and then there's influences from others. So, if I went to a client's house and I saw that they meet me at the front but their dog's off the lead and runs onto the road to say hi to me, they could be like, wow, that never happened before. And I'd say, that's cool and you've never had a puppy before. That was a bad decision that you made or, or a lack of a decision that you've made. But then if I come back the second time and the dog's done the same thing, I'm like, hey, like, what, what did, why did you even come outside without the dog off the lead? Yeah. Then they would say, but it only happens when you come. And I'm like, if it happens once, it will happen a second time and guaranteed happen a third time. And not any of those experiences of running on the road is ever a, one that you should want from your dog anyway. Yeah. What do they say? Those that ignore history are doomed to repeat it. I love that one. So, 100%. it's the same. It's the flip, flip side of what you were saying before, doing the same thing and expecting different results. Exactly. Yeah. So, it's, it's the same thing, isn't it? Well, like, you know, if you, if you know your puppy's going to run on the road, or even if you don't know he's going to run on the road, if he's 15 weeks old and you've come outside and someone that he likes is at the car and then he runs without having a recall or having any form of management, mm. well, then- And 15-week pup, fifteen week puppies tend to like everyone almost, right? Generally, yeah. yeah. So, they're easily excitable and it's good management or and poor management. Set yourself up for success, right? Exactly. And that's what we talk about responsibility. It's kind of more of a mindset than it is a behavior. I don't know if responsibility, I probably should look this up, is is it a, is it an adjective? Like, is it is it defining, oh, Luke- is is responsible mm. or is it a verb? Is it something that you do? Mm. And I think it's more of a what do you do and whatever you do is a mindset of how you think. Like if I'm going to come outside and I have a puppy, the puppy won't be off the lead until I know 100% of the time that he would do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, And that's not even guaranteed because nothing happens 100% of the time. So there's, a, there's an element of making some good judgment and your judgment comes off 
as I said, experience, but also like does someone have to tell you something as simple as that? Mm. And it's simple to me. Maybe it's more simple to you, but it may not be simple to Jane down the street with yeah. her dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if Jane exists. So <laughs> this is an example. <laughs> Sorry, Jane. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, like, you know, let's think about um, make the time for training and exercise, right? So that is a responsibility. When I saw my client the other week and she says, no, no, my dog doesn't go for a walk. So the dog's seven months old and the dog shits all over the house and shows all these undesirable behaviors. say my dog doesn't go for walks. What she's she- saying is I don't take the dog for a walk. Exactly, yeah. right? And when she said that to me, it's very hard at the beginning when I'm going through the questions of my paperwork and it's like average walks per week in duration. Then you say the dog doesn't go for any walks. It's hard for me to say something there and then or wait for the most appropriate time because yeah. it makes me burn just to think, what do you mean you don't walk your dog? Yeah. It's not like the dog's 15 years old and riddled with arthritis and just happy to lay down. How old was it? Seven months. Seven months old. A, puppy. a little, a little yeah. puppy, right? Mm. And um, and as soon as we went for the walk, the dog peed like three times on the walk and probably didn't pee that much. And so, so look, it's- in in that situation, then there was more to it, and I'm not going to go too much because then you know who you are. Um, but it's and we're not here to shame anyone. It's not even no, about shaming. No. I'm not even like even though there's parts of me, and I'll be honest, to be like, fine, man, like are you that yeah. stupid? But it's obvious to me. I could be doing an exercise, and then the PT sees me. He's like, man, what are you doing your squats like that for? Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. I'm doing squats. I'm doing my hardest. I'm exactly. doing squats and eight. But he sees it every day for years and years. And yeah, years, and he like knows you the- do with your people's behavior around their dogs and their attitude towards the dogs. That's right. Right? 100%. Yeah. You know, people- For them, it's only it's only them. Well, he sees it and he goes, that is so wrong and you're going to screw up X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Or your posture is bad and this is why and this is why it's better to do this or yeah. whatever. And, and that's I, why you pay him. Exactly. Yeah. He's the expert. But and- if you told me I'm stupid and I'm dumb, then I wouldn't make- For me, personally, I actually probably would be mo- a little bit more motivated if you oh, spoke yeah. to me like that. That's me yeah. personally. <laughs> yeah. But most people don't like to be spoken to like yeah. that. And um and yeah and sometimes you, you like the f- real boot camp style yeah I like a little bit of toughness <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know kind of makes you feel a bit more um like on edge mm. but in a good way mm. not in an anxious way in more of a let's perform way yeah so um and it's not bad to feel bad feelings mm. you know everyone's like trying to like not feel fear and not feel anxiety and not feel these feelings mm. you should feel them like I was speaking to a friend just before we were talking about everything that's happening and. Coronavirus. Coronavirus. Yeah, wise, yeah, all the craziness. For sure. Yeah. We don't know when this is going to be released, so it could be like disappeared in two weeks. Yeah. But you we were know, saying obviously. like, w- w- <laughs> let's not try and date this too much because stuff's changing daily now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Even hourly. Yeah, so. really, But really crazy. it looks like we might have dodged a bit of a bullet so far so in Possibly. Australia. So For sure, yeah. If everyone does the right thing and we all stay home <laughs> yeah, as much as possible. For sure. Yeah. So, um. And we were just talking about it's like not about being paranoid just by living your life. And I agree with it. And then he said there's an element of like ignorance is bliss. And I say, yes, there is ignorance is bliss in, mm. in a certain way. But then you can't also walk out in the jungle and go, tigers don't exist. Don't worry about it. Mm. So like you, you, there's an element of not being so paranoid and sick because the tiger is going to eat you that you die from a panic attack and not dying from a tiger eating you. Yeah. But you can't go out there and. And think that it's all good as well. So there's a balance. I don't even know how I even started talking about that. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, just don't be ignorant to the fact that you have to walk your dog every day and do some basic training. Like these things for me seem obvious. And hopefully we talk about this enough on the podcast and all of our genuine listeners that we're watching every, every week. We're still getting more and more, which is really, really, it makes me feel good. Gives me yeah. a lot of dopamine. Yeah. Um, and people have been, been letting us know that. 
it's a good reminder of certain things, even if you've heard it once, but then you've forgotten about it or that you're hearing these things for the first time. Be responsible and have an ability to respond to life, to things that happen around yeah. us. And exercising and training a dog is a given thing, you know, and the more that I understand I have to do this with them, I make sure that I have to do it for myself. And this is also important. That's the whole what dogs teach me um, theme to to the way that I see dogs is that I do exercise and training for them every day because it's just a no-brainer. What do you mean they don't go for a walk? No one says, oh, don't worry about today's walk. Well, then tomorrow, don't worry about that one either. Yeah, then that becomes a week, becomes a month, becomes like that that client, oh, he's seven months old, I don't really walk him. I don't know. At one point it was just, oh, we'll just skip a walk today. Yeah. Or that that walk was too stressful because he misbehaved Mm -hmm. and then it compounds. Dog's scared, man. We went out and the dog barked at everything that moved. Mm. That's not a good way to live either. So so you're pent up, the dog's inside, running circles, not sure what to do. Again, there was more to the situation as well which is concerning and it's annoying. It's annoying the fact that we say, no, this is my dog and this is his dog. If you live under the same roof, man, those dogs are your responsibility, period. Mm. Whether I lived with you and then you had a dog, I had a dog and like Nookie's yours, Spades is mine. It's like, oh, I don't walk Nookie because Nookie's not mine. As far as I see it in nature, this is the dwelling. This is our territory that we occupy. Mm. If we live together, they're our dogs. Yeah. Even though- We're all in the same house. Yeah, like, you know, this is a pack. Right now, we've established a pack, a unit. Nookie. Nookie. They're asleep. <laughs> so, I think that's um, that's that in terms of make time for training and exercise. Three to five minutes a day, three to five- Three to five sessions a yeah. day, three to five minutes each session. And exercise a minimum of 60 minutes, period. If your yeah. dog's too strong for you, get someone to help you out or don't have a big, strong dog if you're old and sick. And also- um. And we've been through this many times before and you've done episodes on it. Have the right leash and the right collar or the right harness. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you see, I see way too many dogs out and, and say, let's say big dog, small owner, flexi lead on a harness clipped on the back. Pulling and they're pulling the on the wrong thing. Yeah. Uh, pulling on the, on the harness, on the flexi lead and you, you're setting yourself up for failure. Well, if the walk's not comfortable for you, you sure aren't going to come home after a shit day and then want to go for a walk with your dog. That's mm. just guaranteed. Number two is that you got to think about the physical consequences of what happens to your body when well, you get pulled it. around. Spend the money on the right collar and the right harness and you won't have to spend it on a uh, shoulder reconstruction yeah. in a couple you know? of years. You know? And enjoy your dog. Like, what, you know, the whole question, why do you have a dog? What is all that about? What are you doing with a wolf in your house? Um, and if you are going to go ahead and do it, which I agree is a cool thing to have, then- then honour it and fulfil it. Mm. Have some fucking responsibility because yeah. it's annoying, right? It's annoying that even now we know that um, in just general life, not just corona days, but like how many people aren't fulfilling their responsibility. If I don't look up, when people say, I had this thought, just I was weeding the grass, the garden out the back and having like an imaginary conversation of a future conversation I'll have with a father at some sort of parent meeting thing when Leonardo's at school. Mm. And I just had random thoughts about, if someone's not looking after their son and then I see that and let's just say I comment, hey, man, you shouldn't do that with your son because et cetera, et cetera. It's not good. It's not ethical. Um, man, you're freaking him out, et cetera. Then the, and then the response back would have been it's none of your business. Number one, yes, it probably isn't none of my business, but also it is my business because when he grows up, he becomes the next generation which is making decisions for other children or for other people. They affect other people around them. We're all doing this together yeah. and isn't it clear that – Right now, we're in the state of everyone's having to work together. And isn't it obvious that we are one 
massive organism mm. taking space on, on the planet. Mm. And whether it's a human consciousness that we're all experiencing life in a, um, differently, uniquely, but we all come from the same place or the fact that we're all physically one thing and we all rely on each other. We have the responsibility to look after our kids as best as we can. Well, because they say it takes a village, right? And it means that the village raises the child. It's not just about that one. And the one child thing. becomes a village. Exactly. So it's a whole, it, it works both ways. Mm. So, so when you're not being responsible in your own life and your own actions and deeds, then, and you're not doing it for your animals, well, you're not doing the, the whole dog industry um, any good because if more dogs are out of control and being annoying to the community and, and potentially dangerous or, Dogs are hanging out in the shelter way too long and then we're inundated with dogs. That's not doing anything good for dogs or for people. Mm. And so everyone has to take on that responsibility and don't think it's just a, the matter of you get the dog, it didn't work out, you move it on. You should move it on if you can't do what you need to do. But you should have some sort of self-judgment to know can you actually honour it. Yeah. Don't just have a baby and then get the puppy within the same week of each other. That's just crazy. That's just see that a lot, don't you? I've seen it a lot mm. and way too often. And sometimes it works really, really well. The kid and the dog grow up together. It's beautiful. And that's a story that we fall in love with. Not to mention- it's a, it's a it's a postcard, but it's not necessarily reality. The reality of that situation is a lot more work than what you're Heath, thinking about. My goodness gracious. Yeah. So, um, so that's that. And um, so another part of responsibility for dog ownership is sourcing a good diet. It's it's not good enough to just get shit from the supermarket and just go, well, it's, it has a picture of a dog. Well, it's shit in, shit out, isn't it? You know, if like, you feed your dog junk, what do you expect from the, the health of the animal, the, the well-being? And and we're not just talking – like I've, I've got a seminar coming up soon with Narelle Cooks, Glenn's wife. She's yep. a nutritionist and she's done a lot of research in not just, you know, um, nutrition for humans but nutrition for dogs. Yeah. Making the connection between behavior and diet. Mm. If you feel like shit, you're going to act. Well, inappropriate. in humans, I think it's um, – I'm going to – I can't remember. It was some inordinate amount. It was between – let's say between 75 and 90% of your serotonin comes from your gut. Wow. So, what, what what's that yeah. mean? What's that mean? It means your mm. diet. Yeah. If you have a poor diet, you can't expect to have good mental and physical well-being. Yep. It's as simple as that. It's so true. Well, imagine you ate Maccas every single day for a week. People do. Well, they do, right? Let's just say, let's just say you did, yeah, because you look after your health, yeah. And how you feel, you feel like yesterday. I didn't have enough sleep the night before because I was probably being um, self indulgent and watching too much TV, and then mm. I had to wake up at like random time at like five a.m. because that's when Leonardo woke up. You're thinking that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Panos's problem, not today. Panos's problem. That, yeah. that, and also it was daylight savings the day before it yeah. um, ended. So then he wakes up at six, but it was a five. Even though my body felt like it was up, but then I went to sleep later. You can get my points that I stayed yeah. off for two. So hours. he's waking up even earlier now. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So then all of yesterday, you know, when you're that tired and you and you drop things, mm. like you're holding something and you drop it, and then you get frustrated that you dropped it, and then anyway, I went for a walk and I did some breathing and. Did all that stuff. I felt good after it, and I actually watched a bit of comedy. Mm. Um, I was watching stand up and just had on a mad Netflix? laugh on Netflix. Which was watching one? Tom Segura. Oh yeah, um, it was good. It was good. He's funny. I've been trying to watch more comedy lately. You know, you what? know, it's, in the, was, in these times, hundred percent. Like, it was awesome. It's a bit uh, of an escape. But I watched a 2016. I think it was called like um, I Tell Stories or something mm. like that. But it was funny. It was awesome. Mm. And I went to sleep watching it. Had a good amount of sleep today. I'm buzzing. Mm. So even just sleep. And we know how important sleep is. Now, I'm not saying make it, make sure your dog has enough sleep because I'm sure he gets enough. <laughs> um, but, um, as they're demonstrating, <laughs> there you go. Um, but, um, but like, yeah, exactly. So 
I'm not going to start naming brands because I don't think I should be allowed to anyway. Mm. But if you're going to look at the ingredients list, the most basic advice I can give is that the first thing that's written in the ingredients the list ingredient, is the right? biggest ingredient yeah. and the last is the least. Yeah. So if you look at it and it says cereals and whole grains, mm. it means that your dog's predominantly eating cereals and whole grains. Mm. And nobody needs to tell you that a dog probably shouldn't be eating cereals and whole grains as a source of energy. Yeah. Um, it should be protein and fat, right? Um, and you're saying, um, spades. Used to get um, he used to get like hot spots, eh? From when he when he was he wasn't eating his he eats a raw diet now, mostly raw, predominantly. So like eighty percent of it, and he had like rashes, right? Before, yeah. Prior to that, he used to always get dermatitis and mm. flea allergies. Actually, this year was the first time they both had fleas in like three years. Yeah, and I don't use flea treatment unless I see fleas on my dogs, for the main reason, and um, is because. If I don't see fleas on them, why should I give them poison yeah. to get yeah. rid of the fleas yeah. that they don't even have? Mm. But this year, bad, massive rains. Um, it got really hot. Something happened, and they both had fleas. So I've been treating them, and since then, admittingly, he's had a little bit of dodgy skin. So I've been trying to fix that up um, with everything. So he has a flea allergy. We know that, and he also has pollen allergies. Mm. Um, he hasn't been that bad, and we fixed it. It was just because I didn't realize I should be checking them more often. But yeah, they had fleas, and I've, we've cleared that all up and cleared the house from the flea eggs and everything else. But um, but he bounced back super quick. Where before it would be like a five month thing, just it just wouldn't go away. And since going onto a more raw food diet for them, it has worked really well. His clear skin, his skin has cleared up. He's got heaps of energy. He's nine years old. He still comes with full days with me to work. He's getting a little bit He's slower. the hardest working dog in Sydney. <laughs> One of. For the job that we do, for sure. I'm sure the 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 um the canine squad. Oh, the police dogs? Yeah. yeah they probably work a little harder. <laughs> but, yeah, look. They bite harder. 100%. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so source a good diet. Look at something. If you're going to find something in the supermarket, which I probably wouldn't recommend if you're mm. going for like a dry food, get something that has like meat as a as a first ingredient. Um, go a more premium dry food. If you are going to go dry, I prefer grain free. There's lots of evidence saying pros and cons to it. So, what are the con? Uh, what are the what? What does the like to play devil's advocate? What does the evidence say in favor of grains for dogs? Anything or not really? In favor of, of grains, grains, yeah. Um, I think people are saying that they need carbohydrates and everything else. Um, compared, you can to- get carbohydrates from vegetables like sweet potato and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, like in this, in the ones that they have, so he has black hawk. They have black hawk. Um, grain free the chicken yeah. and um i don't call it chicken flavor mm. like it's, it's not chicken flavor it's just it's chicken, chicken and it tastes like chicken because it should yeah. have chicken predominantly yeah. in there so it's when they say chicken, chicken flavor I'm like, potato chips yeah I'm like, what do you mean like they put flavor on it that sucks and there it has i've heard of some people um well, companies mm. putting the dry food out and then they spray it with an oil that's what makes it oily yeah right. it's the outside coat not the inside and um so yeah so they say, I guess, for against grain or against the grain freeze that they're saying that all the fillers that they're putting for that aren't particularly good. Where a lot of it is like sweet potato or it's like fish meal or, mm. or some sort of, um, way to make it more bulky. So I think the best dry food you want to give your dogs is like freeze dried yep. seaweed peak and a whole bunch of other. So it's just basically freeze dried meat and then they eat it. So. Um, but anyway, I'm not like expert in all that field and I'm sure I'm still continuing learning and I may not even agree with everything I do now. But um, And they've done, obviously, Glenn's done a few episodes with Norell 
on, yes. on their own podcast. So if you want to listen to that, go and f- find the Canine Paradigm and look for Narelle Cook. Yes, Cook with and an if e. you go on, if you sign up for their Patreon, massive plug for them. But if you go on their Patreon, which I'm on, um, you can get those extra episodes, which mm. she goes right into it and blows your mind. Mm. She's awesome, and um, and she's fully researched. Like she doesn't talk shit. So um, so definitely. Suss Maybe that we can out. get her on the show as well. Yeah, we've we, I've, I've spoken with her, so we'll get her on. We've yeah. got a, we've got a big list of people we're going to have on here. But, <laughs> we know um, it works now too. We know Zoom works that's relatively it. well, and uh, yeah, we did all right. A few kinks to iron out, but it overall it was pretty it was good. good. It yeah. was fun. Yeah. So um, see, so yeah, look, don't feed your dog canned food, man. Like seriously, just buy meat and give your dog a meat. Yeah. You know, raw and fresh is who I use. It's pretty simple, right? Like if you 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 open a do- a can of dog food, it just looks like rancid jelly, this chunk of whatever, like. It's gross. Why would you? Why would you think that's? I don't know. Yeah, For me personally, it just it just look. If it looks gross, then it probably is gross. When people say dog food and human food, I'm like, are we talking about the same thing? Like nutrition's nutrition, right? Mm. Like meat and vegetables. When you say, "Oh, is that dog food?" I'm like, "Well, food should be good enough for everyone to eat." Like mm. the raw food, I wouldn't eat it raw. But if I cooked it and ate we, it, that's only because of the way our bodies are made for up. For sure. But, but if I cooked his food and ate it, like correct. it'd still be, yeah, you know, like okay, I know dry food. I don't know if I was like starving, apocalypse style, then I'd still probably eat it. <laughs> I'd probably put a bit of water in it first before you ate another human, maybe. Yeah. Um. But look, so um, just canned food's not my style. Um, I use raw and fresh. So a plug for them. Um, if you're in Sydney, I think they're expanding more around Australia as well. If you type in Panos Ten, you get ten percent off your first order. They deliver to your house, so it's convenient, mm. it's easy, and it's fresh. It's nice. It's it's beautiful. And the dogs love it. So some dogs need to adjust to a, to a raw food diet, mm. but good fuel for the body means that the body's going to perform, the mind's going to perform, and we're not going to see shitty behavior. You're not going to see dogs that are irritated because they feel like crap. Um, if you're not showing responsibility, again, we talk about these things as if people are listening are bloody stupid. Um, if you're out there finding a dog training podcast and spending yeah, the time you're, to go- You're already in probably the 10, you're already top responsible. 10%. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully, this gives you enough ammunition to help others that you know. I don't know. But I can only do what I can do, right? Um, another part of responsibility in regards to, you know, I'm owning a dog is like secure your home. Secure your home to be that your dog can't jump under, can't get under the fence, um, can't run out through the front door. If your dog jumps up and opens a screen door, just lock it when you go outside if your dog's learnt to do it. Um, people say my dog's so smart he can jump up and open the door. That is just a learnt behaviour. The dog jumps up and happens to hit the the handle. The dog the door opens. The dog runs out. He does it again by accident. He thinks, huh, interesting. That behaviour had a reward attached to it. I'm going to continue the behaviour to get it. That's just dog training. Except your dog just did it for himself. Yeah. Um. So have first of all try not to make set your dog even up to do something like that um if you can because if he's jumping up and and unhatching the door means that your dog's jumping and barking and carrying on like an idiot every time you run out the front door so you should probably um suss that out as well where'd nookie go there she's found her way around there what are you doing um so secure your home that's a pretty simple one if you have a puppy puppy proof your house responsibility it's just it's you know Make sure that good the management, right? Good management. All of this falls under that good management umbrella. And yeah, if set yourself up for success. Yeah, well, responsible responsible people will create some good management in their house, you know. And um, like I said to my client the other day, I'm like, you've had a, a child, bef- you've raised a child. Would you leave the child that can ro- crawl and run around and and grab things off the table? Would you leave the sharpest knife um, no on the coffee table? Would you table? leave a hot hot pan of water with the handle hanging over the bench yeah. no so, way so when you think of that it's like well no, do it and it's like well then don't let your dog do that 
but just not to that extreme. Mm. Even though I saw one client, the dog was deaf and the dog was very naughty, grabbed the knife, literally grabbed the knife by the handle. The off the sharp, table. Off the table somehow, had the sharp point facing out and the dog was running around fully excited, just going, wow, this is awesome. Everyone had to jump onto the dining table because the dog's running around in circles. They couldn't catch a dog because there was a sharp knife in its mouth hanging out. Um, that's like from a cartoon. Sounds like a horror movie. You know, yeah. so, so that look, maybe that was just a pure accident. But um, But again- Who's going to think the dog's going to jump up and grab the knife? But the point is, is think a couple of steps ahead of your dog. Like we have a bigger neocortex for a reason so mm. we can plan and think and be rational. So be rational with your dog. We're slightly um, smarter chimps. Just a bit slightly. <laughs> what is it? 98.6% DNA shared with a chimp. There you go. And we're closer to our bloody dogs. Mm. <laughs> Who can talk to a chimp? <laughs> um so, um, you yeah, find time and energy for, for good dog training advice. Yep. You're here or you got YouTube. You've got, you know, your local dog trainers that live close to you. Um, do, research the research when you get out there. Don't just hear some one thing and take it as gospel or because Panos said mm. so. Go out there and find people that, and people that you resonate with because there's only a certain person that would resonate with me compared to me trying to convince someone who's against everything that I think of. Like, as Gl- Glenn was saying that the other day as well. Like, um, uh, you know, maybe it's good to get a couple of sessions from a few different trainers, get a few different perspectives. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, the problem can be, and I've seen some clients have had like four or five different trainers and they've tried four or five different methods and techniques, but then not only have they picked and choose and cherry pick to use, oh. they go, I don't know what to do now. Mm. I've tried all these different things and none of them works. It's like, yeah, because you're not consistent. You're trying different mm. things all the time. So that's where you have to have a bit of your own judgment to put into play. And it's more for the experienced person where most people will call the dog trainer so they go, can we just fix this problem? And if you don't see it through, like I saw a client yesterday that the dog freaks out at the solar pa- solar heating of the pool and water going through the pipe and the dog just goes crazy. Um, I told her straight up, it's going to take like months, months for the for this to all stop. So what do you do in that situation? What I do for, 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 that dog. for her? Mm. Um, so, well, she can manually turn on and off the solar thing. So, it we. She's had the dog for a year, and for a year the dog's been practicing this, running up, running up the stairs, down the stairs, and banging on the door, and now the door's moving off its- Hinge. Like, not even off its hinge. It's like a big panel of glass, mm. and the frame has moved, mm. like big Doberman, right? Right. Pushing the um, the the door and doing weird shit, like complete out-of-control behavior. Dog's awesome, but the dog's particularly freaked out about this thing. Now, I said to her, if we got to this within the first week, we could have made this a little bit easier, but because it's been a year, he's been practicing this behavior. This is the ritual now. The learned behavior. So it was a very long session of trying to get her to understand markers and how how we use food for training, and she does training with her dog. Like, she's she's onto it. She's had Dobermans before, so she knows as a general what to do. But I told her as well, don't compare this dog to other dogs. And she, there was a moment there where she was comparing it, and I think she understood what I was saying, which was really cool. Um, so put into like a couple of dot points. If we think about classical conditioning, the sound of that thing goes on, is whatever noise happens. The dog goes down there, stares at it, barks, and then runs like crazy up and down for five minutes. Ten minutes after the five minutes is over, he's panting and frothing and like and just completely over the edge. So he's obviously gone to over way over threshold. You can't even talk to the dog. He Mm. would not respond to you. So I said to her, well, we need to go right back to basics and this is going to suck for you guys because it's going to be time consuming. But this is part of the responsibility for this dog, so it's perfect, is that 
You only turn this thing on when you want to do a training session. No more automatic. So if it has to be drained three or four times a day, that's perfect. All of the dog's food that that dog earns in life comes from the pouch mm. when we're doing this training. Mm. At first, when so she's- there's no more free meals for the dog. No more bowl feeding. Mm. We, when she first started, I was out on the street. So like her front yard is like her backyard. She's on like an end of a cul-de-sac. And so I hung out at the end of the driveway. She turned on, she's looking for me like, where are you? It's on now. I'm like, I don't want to start right next to the machine where he's just going to go way over yeah. threshold straight away. Now, she never had the dog on the lead when this was happening. So if the dog's off the lead, he's not going to follow me. I had really high value food and I went closer and closer. You can see the dog start to stare at the thing and start to freak out. I was practicing the name game. Um, check out on my, on Nutris Pooch's YouTube for what that means. A little bit of pressure on the collar. I say his name. He follows the pressure, comes to me. I reward him basically. So I'm just trying to get the dog focused on me. Sits and down and just doing some little tiny things. It's not about improving his obedience. It's about developing focus on me when that stimulus is present. So you're only calling him by name. You're not using the look command in that situation. I could do look as well, yeah. but he was right out in front of me. I let the dog get out in front and I was putting pressure to say, All right. Jerry, and he came Come to back. me. Eventually, I would like, we project ourselves in four or five weeks. The thing turns on and then we say bed and sit and down and hold it like we practice a real training session. But while he's under that intense stress, there is no point trying to get him to do anything more than just look in my direction or even just marking and rewarding, um, but not frothing and freaking out and trying to he – like he almost pushed the top balcony brick wall over because of the neighbor solar thing. Mm. Anyway, so it's a hard situation. But basically – How old is he? Like two years old or something. And so they didn't they didn't get him as a puppy. No, no. shelter dog. Right. Yeah, a year ago. So, so basically, I said to critical him, period. There is a good example of some, maybe something's happened there. Or he's, you know, so many things. Apparently, he was tied up and blah blah. So just a lack of mm. a lack of experiences can can result the same as having a bad experience. Mm. They can both equal out almost the same at later down the track. Mm. So all of the dog gets fed from from the the pouch. She's going to turn this thing on um, three to four times a day. Every time that thing gets turned on, that announces to him he's going to get fed. He's going to be on the lead. She's going to be at a distance from the thing. Over time, over the next week or two, she's going to slowly, incrementally get closer and closer to it. If her husband can be inside the room and turn the thing on, so then when it turns on, he's like, oh, this thing's turned on. We say his name. We get him to do certain commands, just engagement training. If he decides not to perform, the instruction is he does not get fed for that session. If he's like for the whole duration, this thing only goes for three to five minutes and it's only intense for like two minutes. So in that five minutes, if he refuses all food, then he gets no food until the next training session, which could be a couple of hours later. We do it all again. And the point of that as the first beginning of all of this, and this may not even be the best way to address it, but this is how I've chosen to do it with her, is that that sound will now announce the opportunity for him to get fed the food that he lives off, no more extra food for free. And and then instead of him hearing that and ramping up into a – into a reactive state of mind, I want that to announce that he's getting food so then he starts focusing on her. Having on the lead so he doesn't practice the rituals that he's been doing and then we can start getting him to perform better command under certain stimulus because then we have to do more training about how is it when he's – because he's not getting for enough walks as well. Mm. So this has to happen preferably after a walk if we can. And, um, and yeah, so in a nutshell, there's a lot more details to it, but basically that's what you need to do. And I told her that's a sucky answer. Because she was super psyched, by the way. We t- we did the repetition like three or four times throughout the session. And she goes, he's a 100 times better 
already and 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 what I saw was still alert and freaked out. I didn't want to see the actual behavior. She goes, you want to see what he does? I'm like, there's no point getting him over the top before we even get started. I want to manage it. And when I said that, that was like the light bulb moment for her. She goes, oh, I get it. It's like, and I had to use the example of if I want to start training at the gym and the guy says, I want you to be able to do a hundred kilo bench press, 10 reps. You don't start that straight away. You start at 20 and you build up over the next six months. Hopefully if you're strong enough and your body's that sort of body that you can push that sort of weight. Don't start this training while right next to the machine. You start at a good distance where he's not reactive and then you make that distance smaller and smaller as time goes on. And then long-term goal, the thing turns on. Ideally, in theory, he comes up to her going, the thing's on. Are we are we f- getting mm. fed now? But I couldn't give her those steps before we haven't even got anywhere to yeah. go with. So that's some responsibility in that thing. You want him to be different to that. It's either this or the other option is he gets crated somewhere into another room where that has to get turned on because the thing has to, apparently has to drain every day or whatever. Mm. So then she manages him or she trains him. But doing nothing does nothing. Mm. Um, so like another part of responsibility when it comes to dog ownership is if you have kids, if you have young people living in your house, is that, you know, give them the, some basic responsibilities. First of all, them witnessing you doing everything right for them and their dog and for, and for yourself gives them a good foundation in life where if you're a bummy, this doesn't always work either, but if you're a bummy parent, doesn't do much and you're really lazy and don't look after yourself, et cetera, et cetera, that may influence the young one or that may influence them opposite to be like, my parents didn't give me what I needed and I'm going to get out there and get after it. So it can go both ways. But as a general, it would be nice to teach your kids some responsibility. Hey, we're going for the daily walk. You finished your homework. We're going to go out and have fun down at the park. We're never allowed to do that again. Um, and, um, yeah, well, we enjoy it while we, while you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've just banned it in France. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Huh? Um, so, um, but also like a, a basic response. So easy. Get the kids to pick up the dog's poo every day. Mm. Ooh, gross. And then mum's still doing it. I'm like, let the kids do it. You don't, you don't pick up the dog's poo. We don't have a dog. Yeah. Now, again, if they're like super young, they don't know how to do it. Obvious. But if you're like 10, and you're not picking up and you think it's gross. And it's like, well, then that's part of owning yeah. a dog. So getting them to detach their emotion, oh, gross, and get them to do something like pick up the dog's um, poo or feeding them or doing a little training session or doing something with the dog that gets them into a good rhythm. So, again, I'm obviously going to focus everything we talk about about dogs, obviously, but that goes across the board with everything. Um, if your kids are watching mum and dad exercise you think the kids are going to sit down and watch pl- and, and watch tv they're probably going to want to help out mm. with or, or get in get on involved, the fun yeah. right so um so that's that um and teaching leadership from young can be an awesome quality as you get older right um i've always had pets i haven't had dogs when i was when i was super young but i had a cat and other like a range of different pets is ridiculous um but just like doing filter changes on, on the on the fish tank and doing water changes once a week and doing all of those things and oh what's wrong the ph is wrong like that teaches you how to look after something and if you can look after something outside of you you can probably start looking after yourself so start teaching that for your kids and and also for yourself you know like your responsibility as a as a human is or as a person in this life is to take the best care of yourself because we all rely on each other and if you're not stimulating yourself mentally or physically if you're not taking care of your bills and if you're not looking after your dog then everyone in the community suffers yeah. period so um that's your your ability to respond to life's pressures to life circumstances shit's gonna happen man and you need to do something about it. i think it. it's a privilege to own a dog as well man and i think people should act like it is 
you well, know? you don't need a dog for anything except for your own needs. Exactly. You know, unless you have a dog because he works a farm, does some sort of hunting for you, or he, or he has a specific role. If he doesn't have a role, you need to give him a role. And we've talked about that in like episode three or whatever was that all dogs need a job. Yeah. And that I open up every session with all dogs need a job because if you don't give them a domestic job, their instincts will kick in and they'll fulfill their needs on their own. And usually that does not go against or does not go with our own values in life you know like everyone likes to have nice things and the dog not screw them up you know and um that's your ability to respond 100 percent yeah response ability yeah so yeah. i don't know maybe we can like get into the what do they call how do you like break down a word the um oh ent- entom- entomology entomology, Is that entomology yeah. of of the word i don't know since i'm we're towards the google end. it i'm gonna google it right now stay with me don't leave me people here we go. In the origin. So in Latin, respondere is answered of uh, responsible and English respond. Um, I have to do a lot more on this, so we're going to put it somewhere. But hey, what is the root of responsibility? Is I was waiting for you to tell me it's a Greek word. <laughs> not today. Not today. <laughs> you know what? That's that's ridiculous. You can't say it, it, it's 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 the it's it means to be res- to respond. Obviously, mm. but um. But hey, the, the word says it fits for itself, right? And it kind of makes sense. And even if it's completely made up by whoever I heard it from, then let's run with it because I think we can do powerful things with ourselves, you know? And, you know, you can believe like what I've heard and thought about is, you know, don't believe nothing of what you hear and only believe half of what you see. That's your responsibility. Your responsibility as a human is not to just take everything that I say or anything that that TV says to you or anything that the radio says or your mum and dad, like it's your um, it's your right to be able to get out there and do the research for yourself because, you know, you don't have to believe everything that someone else tells you. You don't have to – and your dog has to have someone who's going to truly lead them, you know, just because someone says, oh, you don't have to walk your dog every day. Did you know that? And you're like, I was waiting for that answer. Yeah. That was awesome. That's confirmation bias, isn't yeah. it? As soon as you hear something that um, – or let's say you'd been thinking about that and, and somehow you read that somewhere – then instantly you're like, ha, I'm validated. Exactly. Even though it could be complete horseshit. Yeah. So, you know, and I think that's my personal opinion of what's happening at the moment is that I don't, I'm not even 100% sure what I can really believe at the moment because it's all very weird and sus for me. But the one thing that I know I can do is just be the best version of myself, period, Mm. every single time. Because um, if we're, not taking on responsibility for ourselves, it's going to bite us in the ass later on. Mm. Especially if you have people and animals that are looking at uh, that are depending on you, mm. um, you don't have the luxury to just kick back and just go with the flow and be ignorant. I, that, I believe that you should get out there and do the hard work because you know discipline equals freedom. Period. <laughs> you know what I mean. So, um, so anyway, that's my wrap up on responsibility today. Good one. Um, if there's any questions, as always, hit us, hit us up. up. And um, we we got it. We're due for another Q and A soon. So if anyone's got a question out there, I'm more than well, more than happy to get into it and get in touch. Yeah. So hope you're happy, healthy, and strong, people. Thanks. Plenty for of time at the moment, I guess, to listen to podcasts. Hopefully, this is one of them. Yeah. Um, share it with a friend, and hopefully, they can uh, pass a pass an hour under yeah. lockdown. I heard the other day that a guy called me and wants to do training, and a friend of his at the dog park ironically told him to listen to, to the dog the the, the dog, dog park, park episode, episode yeah. and um and then they've been now getting together and going for walks and and implementing some training 
instead of spending so much time with the dog park. I'm pretty sure that's what he said. And that was pretty cool to hear. And he yeah. said that he's been enjoying it. So there's no like link through Nutris Pooches. It was just happens to be a friend of a friend sort of thing. Yeah. And, um, and that's what we're talking about. That's, I think that's the best way to get the podcast out there is by telling somebody because we can advertise it. Um, but then it's just another advertisement that you're going to see, mm. you know, where if a friend told you and you actually believe in what we're saying or, or you enjoy the content, even if you disagree, I'm all happy to yeah. to have the discussion. I think that's really cool because I'm happy to keep on learning and growing myself. So, 100%. And all we ask is, um, you know, maybe share each episode with one person who you think might um, benefit from it yeah, or who might disagree with it either way. Another way that really works as well, and a couple of people have been doing it, is if you're listening to this on your phone, screenshot it and then share it up on Instagram stories, tag us in it, and then we can share it around and um, onto our- Yeah, um, show us where and, you're listening to it. Yeah, you know, mm. and um, th- that way there, then people, you know, know that we're listening. It's just That just helps us get the, get the word out there, that's all. So, yeah, really appreciate it, everyone. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Thank you for listening to another show of Life With Your Dog. Please like, rate and share if you're enjoying our podcast. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. For all dog training videos, tips and techniques, visit nutrispooches.com.au. Thank you and stay tuned for next time.